0: there we go there we go there it is yeah
1: all right guys boys what's good everybody um this is a live podcast um we want to do a ton of these we felt like this was the best way to talk to you guys um i know there's a bunch of questions that you guys may want to ask us in regards to the trade deadline so uh yeah Welcome to the biggest winners and losers of the trade deadline. Shout out to all of you guys that made it into the YouTube live. If you're listening to a different, if you're listening to us on a different platform, Spotify, Apple music, you could make it to the next live stream by subscribing to the laced up podcasts, YouTube channel.
0: Yeah, guys, uh, just so you know, everyone who's watching the live, we are doing this for Spotify and Apple users as well, you know, for the podcast. So just in case, you know, anything seems a little weird if we're you know reading out questions more than normal or something it's because some people are going to be audio only anyway what's up NBA trade deadline is officially over boys Los Angeles Lakers Mike I Bro, mean we've got, we got a lot we got Ben Simmons we got James Harden we got everything but you know what I mean come on we've got we've got a million years to talk about that you are a Los Angeles Lakers fan. I'm a Bulls fan you know we we didn't uh, go for Jerry and Grant uh, as well So um, what do you think, though, about the Lakers right away? And chat, any uh,
1: trades you guys want us to cover? Just let us know right away because we got you. I am absolutely shocked that there isn't a single team in the entire NBA that didn't want the combination of Talon Horton Tucker Kendrick Nunn, and a 2027 first-round pick. I mean, I am absolutely shocked. I was expecting every single team to absolutely drool over that or maybe even offer up a trade package for Russell Westbrook because he's doing so well this year. I expected this to happen, if I'm being honest. I 100% expected this to happen. Uh, It's unfortunate Uh, Because the Lakers apparently are going to try to play the buyout market. But what's going to be the buyout market? Eric Bledsoe. It's a bad year for us. And um, before we continue, Mike, I want to let you guys know, guys, We are bringing members into our Discord chat today. So if you're a member, you'll get a link to join our Discord chat. You could go into our little lounge over here, wait over here, and we could drag you in and you could be part of the live pod. So yeah, man, I am, uh, I'm very depressed as a Laker fan. Did you see what happened yesterday against the Portland Trailblazers? (laughs) uh yeah
0: i mean yeah with the los angeles lakers i feel like i mean at the end of the day it's just such a tough situation right i mean russell westbrook his trade value where is it with that contract you're really like when when the name john wall is getting thrown out and john wall has not been playing basketball like on an nba court like we have not been watching john wall when that is getting thrown out as a legitimate consideration for Russell Westbrook, like that is insane because what you're really doing is you are trading what you know you have for just the complete unknown. Like John Wall, you know, with the Rockets wasn't insane. He wasn't immediately the best, you know, John Wall that we saw with the Wizards. So, I mean, the fact that his name was getting floated out there really uh, told me that not to really expect anything Russell Westbrook related come this trade deadline. Now, I will say though, speaking about, because a lot of people are in the chat, um starving marvin love that name uh saying dallas getting rid of Kristaps, mentioning uh about to talk about a topic to talk about so with dallas getting rid of Kristaps porzingis that does um also present the opportunity to get goran dragic in the buyout market it has been reported that goran dragic is likely going to get bought out we will see with that but if that does happen dallas mavericks would be a top choice i would think you know However, I mean, like the Lakers, you know, they are in play in the buyout market. So I'm interested in that. Do you think they have any
1: chance or do you think he's Mavericks bound? I mean, that's a really good question. The way that I see the Los Angeles Lakers right now is they could use any help that they could get. We don't know when Kendrick Nunn's going to come back. So I do think there might be a chance. LeBron James is a pretty above average recruiter, but... I think he's more likely to go to the Dallas Mavericks. He's been linked to the Dallas Mavericks for like three years now. Every single time he's been available in trade talks, I always hear Goran Dragic to the Mavericks. It almost happened a couple of years ago. And you know how Mark Cuban just loves his player, his international players. uh, And uh, as a result, I do think he's probably going to be Mavericks bound. Did you, speaking on your John Wall, um, for Russell Westbrook trade. I just saw this, and it's from NBA Central and Lakers Daily. I don't necessarily know how legitimate it is, but the Lakers apparently discussed a potential deal with the Rockets. It involved Russell Westbrook, John Wall, and Christian Wood. <laughs> and I think I want to go bang my head against the freaking wall. It,
0: like, uh, we might have seen um, some drug
1: paraphernalia
0: at the bottom, <laughs> a.k.a. what uh, are they smoking? $30? $30? Alex, thank you so much. I send this as a thank you for making this podcast great to listen to and help pass time work. Alex, thank you so much. Are you a member? Because what we, if you want to come on the chat right now, if you want to come into our Discord and talk, my man, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to talk with you guys about any NBA uh, trade. So if you want to come and talk, 30 bucks come through, baby. Um, I'm sorry, Mike. Where were we? $30. We were. We were, I was we were a bit.
1: No, no, it's okay. No, it's okay. It's great to see the overwhelming uh, love and support from all of our laced-up fans. Um, So we were talking about the Lakers, John uh, discussing a trade between John Wall, Russell Westbrook, and Christian Wood. If the trade was like Russell Westbrook and like Talon Horton Tucker, you know and like maybe even Kendrick Nunn, you know, or either or, and our first round pick for the future. I would have loved for them to pull the trigger on that trade. I mean, at this point, it's obvious that Russell Westbrook isn't going to work. The way Russell Westbrook's demeanor has been with the Lakers over the past like week has been horrible. Throwing your head coach under the bus and not holding yourself accountable for how horribly you've been playing so far isn't necessarily a positive sign for things to come. I've never heard of a team that just magically decided to flip a script uh, flip a switch and turn it around over the second half of the season. So the fact that they weren't able to make any trades or make any moves to get the pieces they need in order to be successful. I don't know. It's been depressing, especially after the loss to the Portland trailblazers where Russell Westbrook didn't even score a single point because he didn't play, but Losing to the Portland Trailblazers, I want to remind you, like, we were memeing the Portland Trailblazers for their horrible decisions recently. You know, their (laughs) trades are all screaming, Hey, we're rebuilding. You know, hey, everybody, we're giving up our assets. We're rebuilding. And the Lakers couldn't even beat them. So it's just depressing at this point.
0: You know, I will say that I feel like the Lakers made the right move here. You know, if there is not like a clear cut, you know, move to make, what we've seen in the past is, you know, we saw the entire, like, LeBron James Cleveland Cavaliers blow up, right? Where, you know, suddenly Rodney Hood comes in, Jordan Clarkson comes in, Larry Nance Jr. comes in, all those guys come in, it was, you know, a boom, you know, completely different team, and it worked because they went to the NBA Finals, but that was more LeBron made it work, and LeBron is, you know, older now, we have to just, you know, say that he is multiple years older at this point that I felt like there might have been a chance that that was going to happen just because in my in my line of thinking, you know, here I'm like, okay, LeBron already did this with the Cavs, right? And now my, maybe he thinks like, we did this with the Cavs when we made the finals and now I have Anthony Davis. So didn't happen. And I think, you know, ultimately Russell Westbrook's trade value does uh, play a big role in that. But, you know, I mean, it really just is going to come down to can this team work it out? It's very doubtful at this point because, you know, it's been a large sample size and just things don't look great. You know, we see Russ walking over to AD and LeBron and, you know, trying to like cheer them up. And it seemed like they just, you know, didn't care. And like, no matter how much we hear about like, Oh, Russ and LeBron James are best friends off the court. And, you know, all that stuff, you know, it's just like, I mean, end of the day, like, LeBron James traded away Dwayne Wade, his like best friend, like LeBron James cares about basketball more than anything else, you know, like, so, I mean, Russell Westbrook could be, I mean, mean, we'll see, we'll see where the limit goes (laughs) with Bronny, (laughs) with Bronny, because you know, when LeBron trades away his own son, I think that
1: might be unforgivable. I think it was really funny because like, if you look at the video, Russell Westbrook is like in his teammates face. He's like, Hey guys, I'm sorry, I'm not there with you. I really want to help you guys out. And like LeBron and like AD are kind of like looking like, get the hell out of my face. I don't want to see you right now. Like your, your turnovers and your horrible shooting percentage is the reason why we're in this situation. And then afterwards, he had that interview where he says, I think I've done what I need to do to deserve playing in the closing minutes of games. It's just, it's a mess over there. And it, just knowing that this is how it's going to be for my team moving forward is... Very freaking depressing, very depressing, but I'm going to suffer through those tough games like a good fan does and um, kind of curse LeBron James in about a year or two when we're left with absolutely no assets and rebuilding around Anthony Davis, who literally is only playing like 30 uh, games a year at this point. So this is what it is, man. At least we, w- we got a ring out of it, but it, uh, dark ga- dark days are coming.
0: You know, I will unfortunately say that for most of us NBA fans who don't win a championship every five or so years. Um, Ten! The world's sm- smallest violin might be playing. Ten! I'm just kidding. Ten! <laughs> Chat might be agreeing with me, though. Spotify and Apple Apple listeners might be agreeing. I'm sorry, dude. But, like, come on. You just won a championship. You know, I just hope that the Bulls win a championship in my lifetime. Literally. Like, we won, you know, when with during the Michael Jordan years when I was, like, five. But, um, you know, <laughs> don't really remember that too well. Uh, everyone is referencing, by the way, guys, Coop right now is in Miami, living it up. You know, love Coop. Coop stepped up and Mike stepped up the last, you know, two plus weeks uh, while I was sick. And they did the pod themselves, you know, every now and then it's just going to be the two of us. So that's where Coop is. We love Coop. Miss him. You know i wish he was here but i mean he's you know living it up in miami for sure so happy for coop also thank you to the 369 people watching anyone you know if we could get to that 100 like mark that would be awesome and everyone has been mentioning right now i feel like the dallas mavericks is what i'm seeing the most because i feel like you know that's a that is a random trade that kind is of, yeah you know, right and, and not kind of that was a we heard that christoph Porzingis. is he kind of he just like suddenly was in rumors and then boom he's on the wizards Now, Kristaps Porzingis has had a lot, a lot of struggles, I feel like, with Luke at this point. You know, we've had, you know, the whole, like, do they like each other situation? He's been hurt. We just heard Tim Legler, I don't know if you saw on ESPN, I was watching the, uh, you know, the special, Tim Legler was like, yeah, they call him the unicorn because, uh, you know, he's said uh, you never see him. So, like, you know, I mean, that's why he's the unicorn. You never see him, which is like, it that sucks. It's like Carl Carl Malone's um, old nickname. You know, Carl Malone was the mailman. And then when he started sucking in the playoffs, they called him mail fraud. So, oh my God. Uh, it like, completely turned, turned around. Hopefully, you know, I'm hopeful for Christoph Porzingis. I don't think him and Luca, you know, again, like, end of the day they they were both professionals about it right but i just don't think they liked each other like i think they kept it like way more low-key than um other people did but it just seemed like you know at least on the court it wasn't the the best fit i think chris wanted to do his own thing luca
1: ah very interesting point mike It's actually pretty funny because that's uh, something that I've covered a lot over the past year. It was a little bit more publicized than people would imagine. How um, Mark Cuban came out and put out a statement. My back. back. You're back. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, boys. You, you don't, you don't see this uh, all the time when we're recording. Um, But so anyway, what I do, what I do think though, is for any Dallas Mavericks fans that are watching right now that are, you know, I saw a lot of negative comments. I saw some people, you know, doing these great pickup. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, right? This could easily be a move to make another move, right? I feel like Dallas, you know, one of their main guys that they can actually move and trade and get good value for is Jalen Brunson. So you've got Luka, you've got Dimwini now. Maybe they move Jalen Brunson in the future. Maybe in the summer, we see some kind of trade for a big man or a wing. And this ends up becoming a much better trade than we thought right now. You know, I mean, with these trades, we always have to see what a team's long-term plan is. Because at the end of the day, we're just fans. Like, we only can see the trade right now. But we don't have the long-term plan in front of us, you know?
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to be honest I really took some time to try to figure out what the hell the Dallas Mavericks were doing in this trade. And yo, I wanna give a huge shout out to Rojas, or Royas, I'm very sorry if I butchered your name. MD, thank you for joining and becoming a Laced Up Gold member. If you join, if you go onto our channel, you'll see a link to join our Discord, that's members exclusive. And you could join this lounge area, and then we'll drag you into the stream room as our first member. To guys, uh, we will
0: bring you here, and like you, you will talk basketball with us. We will talk about whatever you know subject you want to talk about. NBA trade dead, deadline related. <laughs> shout out, MD. Shout out the doctor, baby. Let's go. Um. Also, guys, you know we this is you know a podcast. We do this twice a week. So if you're just stopping in, and you haven't seen us before, you know hit that subscribe button, turn on post notifications, so you don't miss a video. But um,
1: yeah. Wait, so, so, uh, so what, what I was, are your thoughts with uh, the maps? So originally, I was just thinking, okay, they're just trying to get out of Kristaps Porzingis' contract. But if you look at the trade, Spencer Dinwiddie's value is fairly low because he's obviously recovering from a partially torn ACL from last year, and he just hasn't really vibed with the Washington Wizards so far. You know, he didn't get along with that entire team. Apparently there was this one inc- incident where he spoke up in the locker room. They didn't like it, whatever. They move on from him. Davis Bertans has gotten to a new level of horrible this year. He's averaging six <laughs> points per game. He's owed $16 million a year up until the 2025 season. So Kristaps Porzingis' contract ends in 2024. Spencer Dinwiddie's contract ends in 2024. Davi's Bertans is the one part where I'm like, what the hell are we doing here? Why are we bringing him in? Well, I guess maybe it's a little bit easier to move that contract. I'm unsure. Shout out to Alex Viverios. Thank you for joining as a laced up gold member shout out to you brother um if uh, if you go into the uh, if you go into our channel scroll all the way down in our community tab you should find a way to join our discord chat join this lounge voice channel and we could bring you in but Honestly, dude, I don't understand the logic to this trade because the Dallas Mavericks are currently fifth place in the West, right? This doesn't necessarily get them over the hump where they could compete against the Phoenix Suns, compete against the Golden State Warriors. It doesn't do anything of that sort for them. It makes them worse in the now. I guess Spencer Dinwiddie's more movable in the offseason. Maybe they want to pump up Davies Bertans and Spencer Dinwiddie's value. I don't know. Do you see anything? Chat, do you guys see anything? What am I missing something here?
0: Yeah, Chad, what What do you think? Uh, again, we love to see your comments, but two, you know, I'll say again, I just feel like, you know, I this just has all the signs of it. As we see, Nuggets are signing DeMarcus Cousins. Ooh, uh, his third 10-day contract. Michael Malone gets his wish. Uh, you know, Mike Malone and, and Cousins reunited. He's always said that's his favorite uh, coach. But so, yeah, I again think with the Dallas Mavericks here that, you know, with no inside knowledge because, you know, we're, we've got, what we've got um i feel like this just has all the signs to me from what i've seen of a move that creates another move i really do so i really think that this is like an incomplete trade i will say on dallas's end until this summer uh, i really want to see how this plays out because you know dallas is is was in a tough spot i mean still is you know with their salary cap we've talked about it there's not much flexibility and you have luka who's 22 about to turn 23 you can't waste Luka, you know, like Luka Doncic is incredible. I feel like he's so incredible that we, you know, start to forget just about how incredible he is. He is about to turn 23, you know, like he has still yet to play with a real second guy as real second all-star. So, if Dallas is setting that up, if Dallas is able to do that, then yes. And, you know, we the people called it a question, including us, the whole Jason Kidd move. You know, we were like, Jason Kidd has failed at multiple stops before. Why suddenly Jason Kidd here? But that has worked out better than we thought it was. So, you know, with front offices that have success, especially, uh, you know, recently here, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, someone like the Sacramento Kings, I do the complete opposite. I'm like, this is probably going to fail. And then if it works, wow, nice surprise. Shout out Cole with Laced Up Gold member. Yo, guys, you've been killing it. Thank you guys so much. 148 likes. Wow, we got to raise that like goal to 200, baby. Shout out, shout out. I hope you guys are all happy. I mean, trade deadline is always so exciting. So what do you think, though, about a possible, you know, move to make a move? I mean, you know, possibility is always a scary thing but again we just don't have like you know like think of an nft with like a roadmap you know we don't have it in front of us like we don't have we're just all we have is that first step
1: that's the thing that's like i feel like you and i and i feel like our entire chat is just scrambling trying to make sense out of this trade and the only way i could really make sense out of this is say bradley beal he's injured for the rest of the season right which it's kind of scary if you're the Washington Wizards, also. So you don't really have much to play for at this point. If you're the Washington Wizards, you're one of the worst teams in the NBA, unfortunately. Shout out to Supreme Lord three zero five guys again. Uh, guys, make sure you here. Let me. Uh, let me guide you guys through this real quick. You go to home, you go to community, you scroll all the way down. You'll see that link over there. You click it, you join our Discord. We could bring you into these, uh, into the stream room so you could talk basketball with us. Um, click the lounge to join there and I'll drag you in. Um, so I think this is just... And I see more and more teams doing this. I like to call this the OKC Thunder model, where you trade for a player whose value is rock bottom. Then afterwards, you try to put him in a situation where he looks a little bit better. And I guess finesse a team into believing that he's a good enough player to trade for in the offseason season. Kristaps Porzingis' contract isn't going to look nearly as bad if he performs for the Washington Wizards for the rest of the season or maybe in a year from now in next trade deadline because, again, the Wizards don't really have much of a choice. Their goal here, I'm assuming, is pump up Kristaps' value to convince a team that, hey, maybe this guy could be a third star on on a contending team. Hey, this is a guy worth trading for. And then maybe get like a first round pick out of it or something like that. That's my only philosophy here. And I guess the Mavericks are just trying to get out of that contract as soon as possible. But again, Davi's Bertanz's contract is horrible, like awful. And they're going to be locked into that until 2025. Luca just did sign a Supermax contract extension. My next guess is, you know, whenever a new front office comes in, Mike... They usually try, if the team hasn't really been working out so well, they try to rebuild the team in their vision. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what they're doing in Dallas. What has been the mo- yo, LDK Dodge, shout out for the $2.79 Canadian. What has been the most surprising trade so far? Mike, you go mm-hmm. ahead. You can answer that. What is in the most surprising?
0: I mean, like at the deadline, I'll, I will say, you know, of Corz- course, uh, Porzingis, but we just talked about that. So I will say, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, you know, in general being, being shipped off because, uh, I feel like, you know, I, I hate to say this too. Like, I really, really hate to say this. And I just feel for Sacramento Kings, uh, Kings fans at this point, literally, I feel for it, them because, you're, you haven't made the playoffs since 2006. I mean, that culture has to be getting so bad. Like, imagine you are De'Aaron Fox at this point, right? You are De'Aaron Fox. You come in, you're fresh off battling Lonzo. You are ready to, you know, come and make your mark in the league, right? You get put on a team who at that point, what, had an 11-year no-playoff streak, 12 or something. And, you know, he's in his fifth season, so I think 12. And you get put on that team, and now you're like... Okay, I mean, time to turn things around, right? But now you're in year 5. Like now you're like, things aren't turning around. Is this ever going to ever turn around in Sacramento? Like I would be depressed. I mean, it 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 sounds like all of the Sacramento Kings like it just sounds like there's just a lot of toxicity going on in locker room and practices like I mean, the reports are, have not been good. And it's just shocking to me that out of all of that, the guy who has been anointed as the one guy who really wants to stay and build something, they ship off. Like, they shipped off the one guy who, you know, was openly wanting to say who cried because he was traded. He cried. Like, that is what Sacramento meant to him. And you ship off him, not to mention the fact that he is a potential future multi-time all-star? I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, I mean... (laughs) I, I was trying to, it's really funny. Cause like, I feel like a lot of times we're trying to figure out, okay, what's the rationale to this like why on earth did they make such a move um by the way is this uh is is that an awkward place for the sub counter let me know in the chat if that's a awkward place for the sub counter carter if you want to join the discord server all you have to do is join on a membership and you'll get a link to join the discord server we have rojas in the lounge right now are you ready for rojas mike
0: absolutely so for Apple and Spotify listeners, you know, this is what we do. We do bring in uh, members of Laced Up to, you know, ask us questions and talk basketball. What up, Ro- uh, Rojas? Are we saying that right? Is it Rojas or Rojas? That's correct. Rojas. Rojas how are you guys? Rojas? Okay, awesome. How
2: are you? Doing well. Disappointed. Uh, long time Laker, uh, you know, Laker fan since forever. Uh, and um, it's kind of discouraged remember, by the lack of movements and the team knowing how bad we're doing. Um you know, bio market looks poor, so I would hate uh, I hate to see this as a wasted season, man. Especially with the uh, with the cats that are on board that I wish to get a ring. You know, I feel bad for Carmelo, and I love Westbrook. Uh, I just think he's a scapegoat right now. But um, I don't know. man. I'm just kind of uh, just not very happy today
0: yeah i mean so do you still believe though in russell westbrook and lebron and ad potentially figuring it out or do you just think that ship has sailed i mean right now it just doesn't seem like the morale is there but i mean you know they are at the end of the day they built this team for the playoffs
2: yeah no i honestly believe that the lakers should have a two-team team team, if you will and Russ should run the the second team which would be the bench
1: yep so Mm -hmm.
2: you could have uh you could potentially have a you know you can have a starter team slower pace run by, you know, slower pace in order to benefit LeBron and AD. Uh, and then would you have a second team that just go out there gunning, man, and um, that's ideal for me, but uh, it doesn't look like it's happening. It doesn't look like we're filling the voids, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, at this point, man, I'll tell you how I usually get over this and I know I feel like a bunch of LeBron fans are going to just absolutely destroy me in the chat, but I firmly believe that LeBron did this to himself. You know, I expected more from LeBron as a as the basketball mind that he is. There is a report that Rob Palinka wanted to trade for Buddy Heald, wanted to acquire Kyle Lowry some way. And AD and LeBron came up to him and said, no, let's just trade everything we have for Russell Westbrook. You know, yeah. this is just, yeah. this is, I blame LeBron. You know, people feel bad for LeBron. Yeah, we're wasting a year of LeBron, but LeBron put himself in this type of situation. I mean. Um,
2: you know, I definitely agree with you, man. And the thing that's disappointing, we're not really disappointed, but it's been, you know, it's something that's already been sort of glossed uh, over and seen previously. Guys that are top dogs in the league, they don't really make good management. They don't make good coaches, you know, take out, mm-hmm. you know, Look at Jordan, man. He, he's he's an amazing for me, he's the goat of all times. But when it comes to front office and making decisions, these guys are not equipped for that.
1: Agreed. To, you know, you to, I
0: uh, I love that. Can I can I cut in real quick and um you know say yeah, something that yeah. I said to someone on the phone the other day, uh, you know, just talking to like my friend or maybe even talking to Tom, uh, you know, editor Tom, shout out Tom. But you know, I said, uh, you know, I was thinking where well, I wrote this. I have no idea. I'm all over the place. Um, I was thinking though, you know, Michael Jordan, what if Michael Jordan was in control is, was as in control of his career team building wise as LeBron is, you know, yeah. because yeah. Michael Jordan literally, you know, took ownership of the wizards and made mistake after mistake, after mistake, after mistake. And it's just like, clearly goes to show that like, th- these are two of the, no matter where, who you think a goat is, these are two of the absolute greatest basketball players that ever walked on this earth. And they yeah. both, won championships at a high level. It's not like they're not championship level players either. They have seen what it takes to win a championship. It's very strange that they're not able to identify that talent, you know, in them on themselves, though. It feels kind of weird to me, at least. I mean, you know, like I would, I feel like LeBron should be like, I know the guys that work best with me, you know? So that's why like, even when the Russell Westbrook thing happened, you know, like when it happened, I tried to stay positive and looked at the positive, uh, you know, like, like of the positives of it, potentially, but at this point, it just seems like all the negatives have really been brought out.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you, yes, man. It's sad, but uh, there's one cat out there, man. There's one guy that I got my eye on uh, who has incredible knowledge, and I think he's going to make a head coach uh, in the future, and, gonna, uh, and that's Gilbert Arenas, man. That guy is just a bucket of knowledge. I think that guy, if he ever goes into assistant management or anything like that, uh, he knows the game inside and out, so I don't know if you guys agree, but I listen to a lot of the stuff that he says.
0: Is he's on point on a lot of things. Very knowledgeable guy. Yeah, I love Gil. Um, I, you know, he's he said some uh, things that have really stuck with me. He specifically, I remember he, he mentioned how, like, when he was a young player, he, you know, he was, like, talking about just how the game of basketball has evolved. He was like, when I was a young player, you know, I got to switch on a big man. So, suddenly, a big man's guarding Gilbert Arenas, a man, you know, who's averaged over, you know, 30 a game in a season. And... A big man's on him. He crosses him up, puts up a jumper, wide open, immediately benched. Didn't even say if it went in or not, just benched. And the reason was because he didn't give it to the big man who had a guard on him. You know, like, it's just like so funny, like to see, like, you know, I love that insight though. You know, Gil- Gilbert does provide like, you know, that kind of insight that you only can get from playing in the NBA. So definitely a big fan of Gil.
1: Yo, um, we got to bring in Cole Kaz next, but Russ, do you have anything else to ask?
2: I who, is, you guys. What's
1: that? who is your biggest winner of the trade deadline?
2: Uh, I would think uh, the 76ers by far. Well, uh, actually the Brooklyn. Cause so, I don't think the 76ers should have given up. Curry. Uh, mm. I think it should have been a straight up.
1: Love that. Ooh, we got to get into this. Cause of course, Emba and I don't agree at all whatsoever. Love that. On this topic. I appreciate you. Me, man. Appreciate <laughs> you, Roas. Thanks for coming on brother. Take care. Take care. So, before we bring on Cole uh, cause again, guys, you guys could easily join and talk to us, be, go live on the podcast with us. All you have to do is join on a membership. It's like $4.99 a month, and uh, we're going to bring out exclusive content for you guys there as well once we reach specific benchmarks. But cores man, tell me, you think the Philadelphia 76ers lost the Ben Simmons trade?
0: Uh, well, wait, one second. sec, one sec. Can we bring Cole in and you know, we'll have this discussion. I don't know. Cause maybe he wants to talk Sixers too.
1: Okay. So, right, for sure.
0: You know, let's just bring him in. Um, we'll, we'll talk Sixers though, for sure. Cause we have, to, I mean, come on, like, you know, biggest trade blockbuster trade, boys, you know, not every NBA trade deadline. I will say, let's just put this out there right now. Like this is a blessing. Like, come on, we all love NBA news. We all love NBA rumors. We all love, you know, trades and the possibility of a new team and An actual all NBA player, all-star level player in Ben Simmons, no matter what you think of him, he's, he is a former all NBA, all-star player, you know, traded for former MVP, you know, top 10, 15, 20 talent, wherever you rank James Harden at this point, uh, that does not happen often. And it is crazy, man. So anyway, um,
1: so So bring in Cole, bring in Cole. Yeah. Yo, Cole. Cole, what's good, Cole?
0: You mind if we talk some Sixers first? You're muted. Is he muted? He's muted. Yeah, he's muted. Cole, you're muted. Okay, well, we'll just start talking Sixers. So, yeah, so so my whole point with the Seth Curry thing is this, right? Okay, James Harden is demanding out. Now, you do need to make the trade because you don't have the cap space for him at this point and you know brooklyn would then have to agree with you in the summer as well so um you know they don't have the cash base they might you know you might be able to ship off tobias harris at that point and stuff but then you're you're you know you're gutting parts of your team okay mm-hmm. so i do agree with all of that you know i just like feel that seth curry at this point in his career watching the 76ers this year watching joel Embiid's mvp season um mvp top three mvp season at least watching all that seeing his numbers 15 points per game uh scoring around four assists shooting 40% from 3 he is extremely valuable he is a guy who in the playoffs we've already seen can step up can you know be big in big moments and right now with joe harris being somewhat of an uncertainty the nets were already shopping for wing talent before any you know, the james harden thing became a real thing where they had to move him they were already shopping for wing talent for this deadline. That was their target. So the fact that they were able to accomplish that need, as well as bring in Ben Simmons, who I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people are going to you know, doubt Ben Simmons. And I understand that. I do fully understand that because we haven't seen him play since the last time we literally saw him play was the worst basketball game of his life. So... The thing is, the other thing is, though, I think that clouds everyone's judgment. You know, Ben Simmons, his whole thing, everyone always says, right? Oh, he doesn't practice his three-pointer. He doesn't practice. He doesn't practice. Does he really love basketball? He doesn't practice. And his numbers in Philadelphia fully suggest that. His numbers in Philadelphia are basically identical, you know, year in, year out. But with that in mind, Ben Simmons... I mean, freaking, I will take that version of Ben Simmons and plug him into the Brooklyn Nets as their third guy, especially, you know, on offense. I mean, he doesn't even have to be the third guy. You've got Seth, who's going to average more points per game than him. Ben Simmons will never have to with Kevin Durant on his team. I don't even care if it's Kevin Durant and Kyrie with Kevin Durant on his team. Ben Simmons will never have to think about taking a last second shot. Kevin Durant left the golden state warriors because he was never going to be the guy there because Steph Curry was always going to be the guy there because that Steph Curry just owns, you know, that that's just his team. You know, like of course Kevin Durant blazing his own trail championship on his own. Right. I love this for K- KD. Now he has a guy who is doesn't want the ball, you know, at the end of games. It's like, you know, it's not a Steph Curry, you know, KD. He still has Kyrie. They've got two guys down. Now they don't have three. I think just like a like insane defender with Ben Simmons, one to, a guy who can actually guard one to five, a guy who we have seen in a pick and roll situation put 40 points up, a guy who we have seen a be in the defensive player of the year discussion, a guy we've seen be a monster in transition. I mean, all of that, you know. It doesn't just go away. He's been the number one recruit in the nation since what? Like he was 15, 16, was the number one overall pick. Immediately was basically an all-star and then became all-NBA. You know, it's not like Ben Simmons doesn't have talent. It didn't just go away. I just feel like a lot of people's opinions are clouded because, again, we saw the worst game of his career the last time we watched him play.
1: So first of all, Cole... Welcome to our chat. How's
3: it going, boys? What up, Cole? What up, Cole? Thank, Can thank you. Hear
1: me? So, yeah, th- yep. we could hear you loud and clear. Thank you so much for joining as a laced up gold member, brother. Um, do you have anything to respond to Mike about uh, his take oh, on the Ben Simmons I, trade? I,
3: I, won, I 100% agree with, agree with Mike that the Nets win this trade 100% all the way. You bring in Ben Simmons, like you're saying, unbelievable defender, pair with KD, Kyrie, doesn't have to take think about taking the last shot as well as they brought in Drummond. I think the Bucks have something to worry about when it comes to the end of the Eastern Conference, playing for the finals because the Nets the Nets are going to be a problem for sure. Like I definitely think in a series they beat the Philly for sure in a seven game series. So, but I'm a Knicks fan. Um I'm as sad as you are today play Mike, no trades. Like what's going on? We actually had the assets to move in the trades. Didn't make any moves. I don't know what's going on there with Leon Rose. They, they definitely messed this up.
0: Yeah. So you have the assets, but listen, as a Knicks fan though, you know, a lot of times in the past, your front office has rushed things and you know, it has blown up terribly. I feel like you've got RJ Barrett, you know, like at this point in the season, like it's, it sucks, right? It sucks to just be like, not make the playoffs. Yes, of course it sucks. But like if the right move isn't there, I would rather not make a move than make a move. Do you believe that the right move
3: was there? I'm more worried about, I think, uh, getting Cam Reddish to playing time. Um, Hmm. I think they could have moved one of uh, Kemba, uh, Fournier, or uh, Burks. Burks, Mm -hmm. I think, should have been the one to go to open up that playing time. Um, Definitely could have moved him for anything, like a second-round pick. I don't know what what they could get for him, but... He's definitely serviceable. That definitely could have got something for him to open up that playing time.
0: Agreed. I mean, like if you and I was I just want to say, agreed, absolutely, because you know, again, if you are now playing for like you know young players' development, it makes absolutely no sense to keep a thirty-year-old uh compared to uh, you know Cam Reddish. It makes absolutely no sense to trade for Cam Reddish and then not play him. Um yeah, they, they gave it's up a, a very first-round pick for him. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know why. Like that doesn't make any sense. It seems like, I mean, we've heard that there's GM and, uh, you know, head coach miscommunication. It seems like like Tibbs uh, really didn't love the trade. Like, what do
1: you think about it? It seems like they're not on the same page. Tom Thibodeau and Leon Rose don't seem like they're on the same page at all. I was a huge fan of the trade for Cam Reddish. I felt like it was a wonderful opportunity, a good way to boost RJ Barrett's morale. I felt like you would definitely get a decent amount Out of Cam Reddish, a more motivated Cam Reddish, because who doesn't want to play in New York with their best friend? The issue with the New York Knicks, at least from my perspective, is the fact that Julius Randle was the primary reason you guys were pretty good last year. And this year, he just took a huge step back. I don't know if it was unsustainable production or a lack of work ethic or what, but that's the primary reason for the decline, at least in my opinion. You guys are loaded. At the guard position, absolutely loaded. I love Emmanuel quickly. I think everyone loves Emmanuel quickly. I love the way R.J. Barrett is developing as a shooter as well. My biggest issue. Um, my biggest issue is. Tom Thibodeau does this thing and Corzemba could go on about this because <laughs> no, he just I does have. the, he just does this thing where like, one, there's two things. I, there's two things that I know about Tom Thibodeau for sure. One is he hates playing his, uh, his rookies and his young talent. And two, no matter what team he coaches, he's bringing Taj Gibson and Derek Rose along. So I don't no, maybe him and Leon Rose need to get on the same page. At the end of the day, if I'm a Knicks fan, I'm thankful for what Tibbs has done in slightly changing the culture. They're in, unlike the Lakers, dude, the Knicks have a light at the end of the tunnel. You know what I mean? There's a light. For the Lakers, there is no light. We have no assets. As a matter of fact, You are nuts. You know, I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting you off. What do you, you mean off. I'm nuts? You know
0: have said in the past, you know, have, have you know, comment in the past- Corzemba, you cut people too uh, off too much, and you know what? I listen, guys. I'm in my head the entire time, being like, "Do not cut people off. Do not cut people off." You, what did you just say? Are you trying to compare a, a Knicks fan who have they have been struggling? That I'm is saying a that They have a light they're at, at a the end of the tunnel. Se- major market they're, they're, there's, struggle. There's, there's a- ha- so okay, Mike, let's count the championships you've won in your lifetime, bro. I'm Dude, saying their future is brighter. One
1: Am I wrong, chat? Am I wrong? The Knicks' future is brighter than the Lakers' future. You are the Lakers,
0: no matter what. You always have a chance. Like the thing is with the Los Angeles Lakers is you could make wrong move after wrong move after wrong move, and then still two or three years later, when all those wrong moves and those contracts expire. Everyone still wants to go there.
1: Explain to bro. Explain 2013 to 2018. Yo, hold on. My bad. Exactly. Um, 2013 to the championship. You won.
0: There are 30 teams in the NBA on average. That would mean every 30 years you win a championship. You guys win one every five to seven. All
1: right. Sorry. Nightbot just came in and started timing (laughs) out people. I just fixed it. My bad guys. It just randomly joined my bad. Um, Look, the Lakers have been really, like, I don't know. You aren't a Laker fan, so you wouldn't get it. Since the tail end of Kobe Bryant's career, from the moment my man... You're not an other fan, so you wouldn't get it. But, okay, sorry. <laughs> from from the mind. moment he tore his Achilles and on, it's been pretty bad in uh, to be a Laker fan. I mean, the Robert Sacre era, the jo- Jody Meeks era. Hell, even the Byron Scott era, the Luke Walton era, like... They were, it was all pretty bad until LeBron James came. And it was so bad that in LeBron James's first season, it wasn't that good either. It wasn't until Anthony Davis came that things started to get better. And that was only for one season, bro. Okay. Jeez. I love Corzemba doesn't know ball. Jane
0: B. Sorry. All right. The Kings haven't made the playoffs since 2006. The Orlando Magic have been horrible since Dwight Howard left. Uh, what other franchise do we need to talk about? The, like, you know what I mean? Like you, like, there are so, so, so many worse things. Again, I feel like this is overreaction. Yes. You have Russell Westbrook right now. Yes. Like this season, it's probably not going to work out. I doubt that they're going to just miraculously turn it around, but like at the end of the day, you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on your team. That is great. That is a great thing to have. You guys, I mean, the Knicks, yeah, they have, you know, young players in RJ, but they also, you. Know, we, speaking of Julius Randle, I mean, he just got the bag. You know, we've said it. He got paid and has seen a dip in production. He also saw a dip in production in the playoffs before he even got paid. So, I mean, RJ Barrett, love him, really hope, you know, he thrives and becomes, you know, that, uh, you know, all-star guy. Uh, for the Knicks, Shout out to Cameron Erland, though. I'm sad about Harden to Philly. Ten dollars, Cameron. Thank you. I'm gonna miss and be consistently beating triple teams or point setter and bead pushing the ball. But those in bead Harden pick rolls are gonna be on. Yeah, uh, so
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's great on, Pete, um, on the hub.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just how I feel, Mike. I mean, I'm I, I'm sorry. It's just like it's hard to hear you complain so much when I'm like I oh, just you like you no, know, like <laughs> all the other franchises are <laughs> suffering, man. Are
3: are suffering now, we have, a, lakers, um, we have all some lakers, inst- all lakers fans are like that all bro lakers what do you mean all lakers I, fans are like dude, that i'm telling you mike what i'm telling you, you people are people my best think- friend is a lakers fan he hasn't stopped crying since kobe tore his achilles
1: uh, lebron
3: went there it was good all for one season now it's non-stop crying
1: uh,
0: mike you don't understand how much a, a a person who has never won a championship just hopes that they get one in a lifetime. It would be just an incredible experience.
1: I just want You're, one every you five years, cold, bro. You had Kobe
0: championships, you had Kobe Jack championships, or when you were a kid, you had an Anthony Davis, LeBron championship recently. I mean, oh
1: man, uh, let's move on from the Lakers. We could talk yeah. about freaking. Cole, do you, um, before we leave, man, give me your biggest winner or loser because cores and I have to lock in on uh, James Harden and Joel and beat after this.
3: Well, the biggest winner is definitely the nets. And I think the biggest, uh, loser of the trade deadline has to be, uh, Dallas. Like, I don't know what they're doing. They brought on two bad contracts to move on from one. They didn't want it makes no sense to me, but Ch- chat. Yeah. Agree or disagree?
1: Uh, chat. Thank you so much for coming on, bro. uh I actually really like thank the you fact boys. that we mentioned Dallas. You both thank yeah. You, shout buddy. out,
0: Cole. Yo. And uh, next live stream, dude. You know, you remember. You know, you're welcome. To come right back in.
1: You know. Um. oh Damn. I cut him off. My bad, Cole. <laughs> sorry, My bad, Cole, sorry, Cole. <laughs> My bad. Um. Uh, okay, brother. Let's talk, because here's my issue with the Nets-Sixers trade. I want to put this out there. It's really important that all of chat understands this. I am not saying that the Brooklyn Nets lost, okay? I am not saying that the Brooklyn Nets lost at all. I am saying that this could have gone down a little bit better for them. I did think that there was a possibility of them being able to get Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, Ben Simmons... And either or Matisse Theibel and Tyrese Maxey and or, you know, not both. Um, Yo, shout out to my man Zeka. What are your thoughts on Marvin Bagley to Detroit for Trey Lyles and Josh Jackson? Thank you so much, brother. By the way, that's the exact amount you could pay to join on a membership. You could come into the stream room and ask us this question yourself. Thank you so much for your $4.99 dono. Um, Thank I, you. Thank you. I honestly think it's like a home run trade for the Detroit Pistons. Just giving you mm-hmm. my quick thoughts on that. I mean, they're in a situation where they're just taking swings on former draft busts that are or draft busts that are considered to be high end talent. They are in a situation where they could afford to try to develop that type of talent. And it seems like Sacramento just donated him like out of nowhere. Am I right? Of uh shout out to byron bennett
0: lace up gold my man yo guys you guys are killing it thank you so much uh how, what, how many likes are we at we are currently sorry if you see me looking down i'm reading on the chat so we're we could hit that 200 likes baby and again if you haven't subscribed and turn on post notifications we did. uh we hit know, 200 likes all, oh we did oh my phone hasn't updated 300 What's our next goal 300 all right let's 300. say 300 <laughs> Uh, but uh, so anyway though um
1: Yo, shout out to D Brooks uh, joining on the Lace of Gold. You guys are awesome, man. Appreciate you guys. guys.
0: Thank you so much. Um, So with Marvin Bagley, I will, you know, just 100%, I believe. Like, home run, no risk. At all, like literally no risk. Uh, you're taking a guy who was not only the number one recruit in high school, but he was the number one recruit as a junior, and then he reclassified and was still the number one recruit as a senior. He was considered that good at that point in time. He was considered the number one recruit in all of high school basketball as a junior. So then he went to Duke and he was great. You know, like he still did amazing at Duke. You know, averaged what twenty plus game and did his thing. Goes in the NBA. Unfortunately, is picked right before Luke, Luca and Trey, and will always be remembered for that. But you know that there's definitely talent there. Of course, like how you don't just go from being a guy who at every level can score the basketball at a very high level to just someone who can't. Now, of course, with all this, like you got to question work ethic. You have to question character. You have to question those kind of things because you know. Again, there's what is happening we're not quite sure but it's the sacramento kings man like it just feels like anything could happen from that organization it feels like marvin bagley could co get traded and suddenly average 20 points a game you know the next 12 games like and we're all going why wasn't he playing so honestly you know shout out for that trade because again i think it's no risk and just a potential great reward
1: um yeah, I think it's a no brainer. I do want to talk some Kings after uh, I tell you we talk about the uh, Nets hard. Actually, we could talk some Kings right now, man. What the hell is going on in Sacramento? Do you have any idea what's going on there? Do you know what their direction is? Because they just gave up Tyrese Halliburton. They didn't want to give him up for Ben Simmons. They are okay giving him up for Sabonis. Like, mm-hmm. Like what's going on? Like they're just donating talent. Like my man Montclair is saying in the chat, the Kings are just giving up talent for no reason for real. And if you ask me, Tyrese Halliburton is probably one of the, one of the few players in recent memory, I guess since De'Aaron Fox that I could solidly say had all-star or even superstar potential and they just donated him for Sabonis. What do you think?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's tough, right? Because I feel like they decided while I don't think they necessarily had to, but it feels like they decided either Fox or Halliburton and they went with Fox and now they're pairing him with Sabonis where both of them, you know, aren't like great shooters, but at the end of the day, Sabonis is someone who I feel like is extremely underrated just because of the way, you know, plays in Indiana. He doesn't play the flashiest game of basketball. The man is gigantic, first of all, okay? He's like one of those guys that, you know, is listed at one height and you're like, he's two inches taller easily. You know, he averages an insane amount of rebounds per game. He has a great basketball IQ. He There are multiple, multiple, multiple positives about Sabonis, and I actually, you know, really love him in general. The problem is, of course, Halliburton. Now, I feel like like a Halliburton Sabonis so fit, I would have been actually even maybe possibly more interested in. Although, you know, Fox has proven himself numbers wise. You know, with a front office like Sacramento, I'll just keep saying it. You got it. It's not the benefit of the doubt, it's the complete opposite. Like until they prove us wrong, you know, until they prove to us that they can be competent and that they are making correct moves you know, I'm just assuming the moves they're making are not going to work out. That was kind of like with the Chicago Bulls front office with Gar Paxio in the last few years, um, as it was going on. Every Chicago Bulls fan, you know, knows the suffering. Uh, We were like, what is going on? This front office is crap. And now we've got AK and he is just, you know, it's just night and day when you have a great well-run front office and you trust those moves like it is just you're just the stress as a fan is just gone like the trade deadline came and went and patrick williams was not traded if he was traded i might have had a meltdown on camera because of how mad i would have been but they didn't do it i'm
1: so happy thank you yeah so just uh I actually, I agree with that. And someone in the chat that just mentioned that they gave up, they got Buddy healed out of it too. It seemed like they just donated so many assets to the Pacers. And I just felt like, I'm not saying anything bad about, I love Sabonis. I think Sabonis is remarkable, but it just didn't really make a lot of sense. And in my opinion, I love De'Aaron Fox. You know, we have ties to De'Aaron Fox um, and he's a really chill guy. If I had to choose between Tyrese Halliburton or De'Aaron Fox, I would have gone with Tyrese Halliburton just strictly because you're not paying him yet. You know, De'Aaron Fox is on a significantly higher contract. I would have uh, chose to move on from De'Aaron Fox, see what we add in Tyrese Halliburton and Demata Sabonis if that was the trade you wanted to pursue. It's unfortunate that the, that the Kings, um, I don't know. I just don't see the vision here. I guess we're more likely to not really have as much faith in the Sacramento Kings just because they're the Sacramento Kings. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, like at the end of the day, it's the Sacramento Kings and like, you know, with Tyrese Halbert, you know, again, this is nothing against here Fox at all. Love Darren Fox. Love Darren Fox. Think that if he was in a better situation, like, we would actually get to see him, you know, unleash his full potential. I, I'm i disappointed personally as a fan because I want to see De'Aaron Fox unleash his potential just on another team. You know, I mean, if he's happy in Sacramento, then, you know, I'm happy for him. But it's just like, you know, we saw that Lonzo Ball De'Aaron rivalry, right? Coming in to the NBA, we saw De'Aaron and Malik Monk, you know, crying after that, uh, after that loss. And like, you know, I saw someone um, when I was in the NBA Twitch uh, uh, stream yesterday, I saw someone, you know, make fun of Adam Morrison for crying at the end of the game. I'm just like, dude, like, literally, that just shows how much you care, you know? And Mm -hmm. that is so important. Like, when you are evaluating NBA talent, how many times do we hear how much does this guy care? Like you know, like down the road, I'll take that guy that's freaking sobbing his eyes out because he lost in his one year of college. Ben mm-hmm. Simmons went to LSU and didn't give a freaking crap the whole time he was there. You know, Darren Fox was in Kentucky for one year and he cared about the team so much that he freaking cried when they lost and did not win the national championship. So I just feel like. You know, that guy just loves basketball, cares about basketball, has so much more potential than is being shown. It's just like, you know, Sacramento has just not been that place. What I will say is I feel like what the Kings are doing is they're chasing the play-in. Now, I don't know why, but that's what I feel like they're doing.
1: I mean, I guess it's like... I guess it's like they're down so bad that they just want some taste of success or they felt pressure to at least do something during the trade deadline. That's the only way that I could really makes sense out of this entire situation. By the way, who? let me know if you get the 300th like in the chat. And um, Coop is currently in Miami, my hero. Um, speaking of winners and losers, dude, I think one of the biggest winners of this trade deadline that we aren't talking about, I think the biggest winner, I can even make an argument for the biggest winner is the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, they launched a full-scale rebuild, but you've seen so many organizations launching a full-scale rebuild in just the most incompetent ways, you know, like you're watching what's going on in Portland. They, they traded Mm -hmm. two first round picks and Trevor Ariza for Robert Covington over a year ago, and they traded Gary Trent jr. For Norman Powell. And now they gave up both of those players and donated them to the Los Angeles Clippers, which also low key winners, this trade deadline. They made a big trade today as well that we should cover later on. Um, And they didn't really get much in return. I was, I remember making my video on it and I'm like, yay. And like they trade, they traded CJ McCollum and I'm like, okay, I guess you got Josh Hart and Nikhil Alexander Walker. That's cool. I suppose. Um, But the Portland, uh, but the Indiana. They shipped off Nikhil Alexander Walker. Yeah. It's like. For Joe Ingles. Yeah. It's like, I don't understand what what they're doing. What the hell was that? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I don't understand what they're doing at this point. And uh, I just want to commend the Indiana Pacers. Coming out of this NBA trade deadline as uh, with Tyrese Halliburton is an absolute W. Like, you were supposed to move Demata Sabonis. You wanted to launch a rebuild. You came out of the trade deadline with a star to build around. Hey, Mike,
0: I'm sorry to cut you off. Do you notice Cliff is in the in our lounge?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, my let's, bring,
0: let's bring in Cliff. Sorry, he's been, he's been there for a bit, so... Um, shout out Cliff.
1: Um, yeah. Let's
0: see what Cliff wants to talk about. Hopefully it is a topic we have not yet covered. Um, guys in the chat, yo, shout out to everyone, 495 people watching, you know, shout out to 320 likes plus. Oh my God. Now we're on the 400 like goal. You know, again, we did daily uh podcast twice a week sorry for not being able to talk we do podcasts twice a week here we've got me flight mike and get like coop who is currently get like in miami that was horrible let's pretend it never happened if you could subscribe and turn on post notifications would be awesome because we do do live streams and we do post twice a week on tuesday and on thursday but you know today we're doing the live stream instead of posting and we want to see uh you know what you guys say in the chat so we've got um cliff coming in
1: yeah we got cliff coming in
0: Okay. Also, I want to say quickly, you know, to the Apple and Spotify listeners, uh, sorry for consistently, you know, bringing people up, but just, you know, with chats like this, you know, people come and go. So like, we kind of just have to. What
1: up, Cliff? Goodbye, Cliff. Where'd he go? Cliff just dipped. He's like, I don't want to be here. I don't mess with y'all. (laughs)
0: <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't want the he
1: didn't want the promo like he wouldn't want to be part of yeah, he, us promoing he's just trying he's just trying to hit he's just trying to stay low-key um if this is your first time in our stream or on our channel let me know up in the chat so we can show you guys some love make sure you hit that sub but uh subscribe button man we're trying to get to 40,600 subscribers i know strange goal
0: yo bk reacts hit me up uh if, if you pay for a membership uh, DM me on Twitter. I'll I'll get you back on PayPal. All right, you're here all the time, my man. Yeah, BK. Uh, I will uh, give, give you the membership easily.
1: Come and talk if you want. Um. So, I think. Uh, so maybe we'll click
0: do- ac- Cliff accidentally clicked off. I, I don't yeah, know. How, I was messed up on Discord. Here,
1: so if you hear my man.
0: No, no he's, he might be doing something. Okay. All
1: right. Um. So do we close up on, uh, do we, we haven't talked Sixers. We haven't talked (laughs) Sixers. Yeah. Every time we do, someone just like donates money and we're like, ah, we got to talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, here's the thing. I love the trade. I think for Ben Simmons, this the fit for this uh for Ben Simmons makes a lot of sense. He's gonna be flanked by two scorers. He's not gonna be dependent upon, depended upon to close out games, which isn't what he's good at doing. He is who he is, you know, he's been the same player for the past four years. It's fine, whatever. He is who he is, he's getting max money, but there's stuff that he does that is very valuable in today's NBA. It's really freaking hard to find a player that can lock down defenders the way Ben Simmons does. And now that he's only going to be asked to do that and create plays on the open floor, I think he's really going to thrive. However, however, I felt like the Brooklyn Nets had a little bit more leverage than they gave themselves credit for. Maybe it's the fact that James Harden came out and leak to the media that he was going to leave if he didn't get traded because I would have liked to see the Brooklyn Nets at least get Tyrese Maxey or Matisse Thibel in return as well in addition to Seth Curry do you agree or disagree so here's my
0: thing all right so I think that with this entire you know Brooklyn Nets uh situation am I still on Discord? okay good okay sorry um I think with this entire um Brooklyn Nets you know trade all right Th- Thibble, all of the, all of this, James Harden, quite literally demanded out, right? And almost always when that happens, the trade value of the team whose star is demanding out is go goes lower. But yet somehow the Nets, you know, were kept coming back with different offers, different offers, and they got their main target. You know, Brooklyn wanted Seth Curry. That was something that you know I heard uh, Kevin O'Connor, uh, I think. Talk about, you know, a few days ago or a week ago plus. They wanted Seth Curry like in this and they were able to get that. So I feel like, you know, looking at this team, right? Um maybe if you do maxi, it works better right away, I think, for Philly, because you're just basically taking that maxi spot and you're putting heart in there and you're still keeping Seth Curry as a wing shooter. You still have Embiid, you know. Now though it's like you've got Maxi and Harden, it makes things a little tougher for Philly, I would think. Uh yeah, they didn't get Thibold. They were able to keep their team, but the Nets and the Nets got a lot of value. And this was just like we'll never see a trade like this, probably, I hope, ever happen again. Because it's just so weird because the 76ers were operating under the just the whole whatever we bring in is always going to be better than just Ben Simmons not playing. So that is a situation that shouldn't happen to a team, right? I mean, when you sign a max contract, especially a max contract, and I'm not talking extension, a max extension is designed to keep a player on a team for a long period of time. It is, it was specifically made for small market teams to keep their talent. Philly's not a small market team, so that hasn't really come into play as much, but what happens if, and you know, you know, I, I use Zion all the time. So, you know, what happens if, let who's someone else like uh, that I could use here? Like, uh, I don't know freaking you can just Alexander. What happens if he is like, you know, he signs a max contract in OKC with no one there, you know, and he is their franchise cornerstone. And then he's like, Thanks for the super max contract that I was able to get more money of because I committed to your team, right? They're able to get more money. They're able to sign for longer years. You're able to get all extra stuff here. The fact that he's able to do that and then turn around, sit down, not play and end up on one of the best teams in the NBA right now with Kevin Durant. And it's just a horrible, horrible precedent to set because Luckily, this happened with a big market guy. If this did happen with like Zion, what this is a completely different story. Like the NBA is talking, I feel like, you know, about changing like rules with this, changing contracts like this is a big deal in my but, you know, completely uh, like I in my opinion, I think that this is a horrible precedent. I think the fact that it worked out so well for Ben Simmons, it's just like, what is to stop the next guy from saying worked out for Ben?
1: I mean, I have to agree with you here. I didn't think that we would be in a situation where this was going to end up well for Ben Simmons. I was expecting Ben Simmons to potentially get trade, like stay with the Philadelphia 76ers and continue losing money. And he made a fool out of me. I'm going to admit it. He made a fool out of me. I thought that he was, bro, week after week after week, I was slandering this man for his decisions, you know, to stay, uh, to not play basketball. He lost like $20 million doing so. This guy gets to come back in February go into practice, hang out with Kevin Durant, hang out with Kyrie Irving, made everyone in NBA media look really, really dumb doing it. And I think he's probably the biggest winner of the entire trade deadline because he proved all of us wrong. Hopefully he's able to make the most out of this situation because at the very worst, say if Kevin Durant leaves, say if Kyrie Irving leaves, At the very worst, you do have a player to build around in the future if you're the Brooklyn Nets. And I think out of everything, that might be the biggest dub of all. So this is a huge home run. You're moving on from a player that's 32 years old. His contract is going to expire soon in James Harden. And now there's significantly more pressure on Philadelphia to win in the now. And... If this ends up being one of those situations where once again, like last year's playoffs, James Harden is injured and isn't able to contribute as much as we would like him to contribute... This could be one of the worst trades that the Philadelphia 76ers made in their history. But ultimately, I feel like Daryl Morey is just salivating saying, ooh, we got James Harden. Yes, okay, we won. We got James Harden. So it's really, I do agree with you. It's really interesting. I don't think a player is ever gonna get rewarded for holding out the way Ben Simmons just got rewarded for holding out. And you're seeing it happen in Houston right now to a lesser extent with John Wall. Usually it's teams that say, hey, We're not going to play you. You don't really see players hold out in the NBA. I cover the NFL, and it's very common in the NFL, but not so much in the NBA. So props, I hate to say it, man, but you're right. Props to Ben Simmons for being able to, I guess. Listen, I'm not saying props. I'm saying props
0: because it worked for him. But in terms of like, like, again, dangerous precedent. Like if this were to happen in a small market Completely different story. The fact that it is Philly has allowed the fact that Ben signed a max contract to slightly, you know, obviously people are talking about it, but him getting fined has, you know, made up for that, I think. I think people, you know, see that Ben Simmons has been fined $20 million and they're more okay with it. But if a team like the New Orleans Pelicans ends up losing out on a Zion Williamson because of a situation like this happens, where Zion, I mean, I said this to Coop, I'm just going a new member, uh, but I said this to Coop. Um it's BK. Yo, shout out BK, BK. What up? What up? Um, yo, uh join the Discord and uh hop on the call. But um you know, I said this to uh Coop, Sorry, I keep losing my train of thought with uh when people join. Um Benson, where was I? I have no idea. Chat, you you guys have me? Oh yeah. god, I'm so glad the Bulls didn't trade Patrick Williams. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, oh, okay. So yeah, Ben Simmons, though, if this were to happen with Zion or someone like that, absolute nightmare. Right. I mean, it's like a Zion, a Zion Williamson or someone like that. If this happens and you know, you've got a five-year super max though, new Orleans Pelicans, like, let's say they commit to him, they pay him extra money. And then he's just like, nah, let me just wait it out. I'm going to eventually, you know, end up in New York or something and, you know, make that money back in sponsorships. That is a nightmare because in the NBA, we need parity. You know, you can't have top five teams, you know, win every year. We need parity. And we've also seen, you know, a place like New Orleans, uh, New Orleans Saints, you know, they're great, right? New Orleans Pelicans have the potential just because right now and just because in the last, however, 10, 20, even 30 years, they haven't been successful, right? I mean, that doesn't just count them out as like being a potential even free agent.
1: Yeah, now that he got cut off, I wanted to say it's really important that you all know, whether you're basketball fans or you're not, uh, or whether you're football fans or you're not, the New Orleans Saints are currently horrible. Like, no offense, but they're just terrible. But this is a yeah. basketball podcast.
0: And they're Drew Brees for freaking, you know, that's that's what just what I'm saying. So, um <laughs> Regardless, you know, I'm just the whole point here is, you know, Golden State Warriors, we had Los Angeles Lakers the whole time. Golden State Warriors were nothing. You know, they had they had no success since the freaking um whatever era of the man that I cannot think of right off the top of my head. I'm sorry, guys, I'm on a diet and suddenly I just can't think. But my point is Steph Curry comes in, boom, they get new ownership, they completely revamp everything, and suddenly they are, I'm sure, still going to be a destination for years to come. They now have a completely different branded franchise, all right? So there is a the potential for that to happen with teams, and there is a the potential, you know, with teams to win, like Milwaukee with a Giannis and stuff. What if Giannis, as we saw, you know, r- when you made that video, you said Giannis made the biggest mistake of his life, right? What if he actually did? What if he did make the biggest mistake of his life, and the Bucks, you know, Drew tore ACL, Chris tore ACL, you know, back-to-back, boom. And Giannis is just like, I'm done. I'm sitting out till I'm traded right? What happens then? I mean, that's a tough situation. I'm glad that's it what didn't I'm happen. Saying. That's where it's like, that's why the big market aspect of this has kind of like, has doled all of this. But if it were to happen again in a smaller market, like again, this is just a dangerous precedent, I believe.
1: Corzamba, your, uh, your uh, camera isn't on by the way, bro. Um, I'm sorry. It's all good. Here's the thing. Uh, Can we first of all talk about the fact that Giannis Anetokounmpo is known to have a rivalry with James Harden and this man literally ended the Brooklyn Nets in one year like that's kind of insane I mean obviously the Nets didn't get a fair shake that big three didn't get a fair shake. I think they're looking at Ben Simmons to be their Giannis and Eticumpo stopper. Uh, I think that's the purpose of this trade, um, and I think it's very it's good long term thinking. I think the Nets have enough offense, and I said this when they acquired James Harden a year ago. I wasn't a fan of them giving up all their depth to get James Harden. I'm you guys know I'm a huge believer in trying to make your teams as uh, you know deep as possible, which is why I love the Golden State Warriors so much. I think that um, at the end of the day, I think both sides got what they needed to put themselves over the hump. The Sixers weren't going to play Ben Simmons. They were playing with a handicap, and they're still one of the top three teams in the East. Now they actually get a star player that is actually going to play. You look at, which is a pretty big deal, man. Like, they were... They no, were d- I agree. It's just like, they're, you know, it also has to be considered... That they
0: sent two guys over, you know, like it's not an east to west trade. Like these are guys that they will literally, they could, I, you know, easily see in the playoffs. Oh, so, bro, like, that playoff it's series, be, it's gonna be great. That, I'm so excited for the playoffs. Hey, they Please, could everyone,
1: e- stay healthy. They could easily face off against each other in the first round too. Just like based off of the standings in the Eastern Conference so far, like you look at that first round, man. Like the top five seeds. I mean, you look at the Eastern Conference. The top five seeds have very similar records and every single game they're constantly like hopping over each other. We've never seen a competitive East like this before. I'm excited to see it. Um it's going to be really freaking intense. Imagine those Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid like matchups. Like they're going to switch on to each other at some point. Please, There's yes, going to be please, some little please. yeah, it's going to be awesome, dude.
0: Imagine Ben Simmons launching a three in Philadelphia and nailing it. <laughs> dead swish. Dead swish. <laughs> <laughs> like booze and then just silence. Oh my god, that would be nuts. Honestly, the biggest thing before we bring in uh BK uh, or we can just bring him in right now. Um, so we got BK and we got D here, right? So we got them both. Um, want to just bring them both in at the same time or what do you want? Do, you uh, do I think th-
1: I, th- I think they each deserve their own
0: shot, own time. I mean? Okay, so one at a time. Okay, so um, D, I hope you don't mind if we bring bring BK in first. I don't know who was here. We I didn't see it.
1: Uh, we and we got, got
0: BJ bass player. All
1: we right. got a lined up. All right, let's bring in BK. BK's chill. BK.
0: Yo yo, BK. Also, guys, unfortunately, because we do have a queue lining up, we are gonna have to, you know, hit some topics in like, you know, a few minutes. So if there's no one in the queue, we could talk as long as we want. But um I have to be fair to everyone. But so I did see um someone mention um about the uh Milwaukee Bucks trade. Oh, yeah, they and-
1: acquired they acquired Sergi Baca. So, what do you have any thoughts on that? I think my thoughts on that are fairly linear, man. Like, they just consistently, they keep on adding depth to that team, and they keep making the right move. Sergi Baca is a pretty good contract He exp- uh, that expires fairly soon. I'm unsure if it was this year or next year. I want to say next year. Um, let me just double check. Yeah, he expires at the end of this year. So... It's like it's a very nice, low risk, high reward type signing who could bring you some interior defense and can make the occasional three. He's not the same Serge Ibaka that he was in OKC, obviously, but he's still a great player with championship experience that could contribute to a healthy locker room. And I just love the addition of him.
0: Yeah, I'll, what I will say about Dante DiVincenzo is I feel like he is a guy who um, might not have shown us quite fully like what he is capable of. He is a player who at times has absolutely shown flashes um, of, you know, putting up you know better numbers than he does. It's just, you know, at this point in time, he's got Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton on the wing and Giannis, you know, like. Um, I saw Dante DiVincenzo a ton at Villanova. You know, I saw him, you know, come to the NBA and, you know, now with the Bucs also, they have Grayson Allen, you know? So, I mean, Grayson Allen sucks. Like, I, I don't know really what else to say about him. He freaking dirty foul dirty foul on Alex Caruso, who's been out since. Um, so, yeah, but... They do have Grayson Allen to fill that role. So I do like that. What I also like to say, though, is I like Dante DiVincenzo on the Kings a lot. I love the opportunity for him there. I want to see him play next to Fox. He's also a super athletic guy. um, Pretty, uh, I just think Dante DiVincenzo, again, is one of those guys that could show more. Now, unfortunately... He might be going to the absolute wrong place to show more, as we've been saying that Sacramento normally is the opposite way around, but you know that that's just how I feel. But what up, VK? You here?
4: Yes, sir. What's good, y'all?
2: What's up, BK?
4: Yo, so I'm a Wizards fan. Um, and I am very happy that we just got rid of, you know, some like Bertons and um and Dinwiddie. Um, because like, Bertans, he – yeah, he was known for being a shooter, but he – honestly, he's, he's really regressed, and he has a terrible contract, and uh, he, he's just not really been doing great this season. And I think that uh, getting Porzingis was a huge upgrade for us because we haven't really had rim protection like that, and uh, yeah –
1: I think that trade was a huge W for the Washington Wizards. I don't really, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, I think before you came in, I don't really understand the rationale that they had in, um, at least for the, uh, for the Dallas Mavericks in making that trade. I guess they really wanted to move on from Chris Tapp's Porzingis, but because they once again stagnated in terms of where they stand in the Western Conference, and you can make the argument, Mike, could you make the argument that the West got a little weaker with the Lakers being out of contention a little bit? The Clippers aren't at full strength this year. You really have, like, the Phoenix Suns, you, the uh, you have the Phoenix Suns, the Golden State Warriors, the Utah Jazz, the rise of the Memphis Grizzlies, and then I think there's a huge drop off over there. So this was the this was the Mavericks opportunity to really emerge in that Western Conference playoff picture. And once again, their fifth place, you know, again, which they I think they finished at fourth or fifth place last year. It's practically the same thing because you're going to be playing each uh, the other seed in the playoffs. So I feel like they were really trying to move on from Chris Dapp's Porzingis ASAP. The Wizards have an opportunity to grab Kristaps Porzingis, really pump up his value, and then maybe flip him in a year or two when his contract doesn't look nearly as bad. I feel like that's what the Wizards are going to do now, especially because I don't think Bradley Beal is going to be a Washington Wizard for that much longer, considering the fact that you didn't trade him. I don't think you could trade him. He he underwent season-ending wrist surgery, and uh, I think he could opt out this offseason as well.
0: Yeah, what are your thoughts on that, BK? Um,
1: well,
4: the thing is, I love Bradley Beal. You know, for so long, um, I really saw the rise of him back maybe 2017, 2018, and it's gonna be really tough cutting ties with him. But he's gonna want a lot of money, and I don't see how the Wizards, pay- excuse me, I don't see how the Wizards pay him that much, considering that we're probably rebuilding, because. At the most, with Beal, you'll probably be seven seed, eighth seed, maybe. And the fact that we're gonna have to pay him basically a max contract next season is just gonna be, it, it would put us in cap hell. And um, and I I hate to say it, but yeah, we should cut ties with him. And then uh, Porzingis, yeah, I. Um, I guess it would make sense to uh to trade him or I guess I guess let him go uh, after like one or two years, uh because he's gonna start to get up there in age and it wouldn't make sense for us I guess um because yeah we are rebuilding and like Ted Leonsis he's never let Tommy Shepard actually do what Tommy Shepard wants to do and then. I think just yesterday he probably said, okay, Tommy, you wanna to rebuild, let's rebuild. And then they made like all these trades, you know. We got Ish Smith back. I loved Ish Smith when he was here, although he is like low early 30s. Um, and then Vernon Carey Jr. is an interesting player as well. So yeah, those are basically my thoughts.
0: Yeah, I feel like, I mean, you know, with the Wizards, I mean, just the possibility of just a rebuild's gotta be there. I will say though. That with Porzingis, you know, with the Mavericks, I just like, I just feel like it just wasn't a good fit. And I just feel like no matter what, like the fit was potentially on paper, just it just didn't work out with those guys. Right. And like, you know, in New York, we saw a completely different Porzingis. So maybe we see that in Washington, you know, I mean, it's definitely possible. We've seen countless times, countless, countless, countless times a guy goes from one place to another, and suddenly he's just a, you know a new guy, you know, a, a new culture, new environment, new play style, new team can change everything.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's it it was also like that with montres Harrell earlier in the season because literally, um, I kid you not, I think it was some website, I think it was actually Basketball Reference, they had him as like the fifth choice for MVP early in the season. (laughs) And obviously, you know, that claim was a bit outlandish. But yeah, uh, Harrell played really well early in the season. He looked like a completely different player. I mean, yeah, he was really good with the Clippers. He was the sixth man of the year. But he looked like a completely different player with us. And I remember when the Wizards were the first seed and everyone was like, "What? It, what's gotten into this team? I mean, they are they're possibly contenders. And now we are the, what, 11th, 12th seed? So it's crazy how things can just change. I mean, uh, we thought that the Bulls were going to be like that, but th- they're not. They obviously have a great core. Um, and yeah, I mean, it it's crazy how things can change in the NBA.
0: Sometimes you just gotta, you know, just watch it play out, honestly. And, you know, we mentioned it before with the Dallas trade, you know, that it could be a move that sets up another move, you know, like a lot of times we are only seeing step one of, you know, a whole plane, you know, like we only see what was put in front of us and there could be, you know, a much larger and greater plan for the future. Um, but BK love you. You know, my man, you've been freaking supporting us and been here, uh, Absolutely. Thank you so much, my man. Thank you for supporting. It really does mean the world to
1: us. Really? he's the goat.
4: Hey, thank you guys. For real. I mean, y'all keep putting out great content and I'm gonna keep watching. Thank
1: ah, you, brother. My uh, man, my you, man, bro. my man. All, All right, right. Take All take right. thanks, brother. All right, take ah, god damn it. I keep doing that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's uh who's next? By uh Byron uh, D, D D
0: D D D.
1: What up, D? Yo, D, you
0: here? All right. Well, uh, well, D's not here. Is there anyone in anything in check? Go Bulls. All right. Cool. You know what? I will quickly. Oh, D is gone as well. All right. Do you want to just bring in Byron? You know, let's do Byron. Hey, Byron, okay. what's up? All right. Do you want to bring in Byron?
1: You know, let's do Byron.
0: Oh. Hey, Byron, okay. what's up? All
1: right. Do you want to bring in oh, Byron? Oh,
0: oh, oh, all right. Ooh, uh, ooh. Byron, can you just mute? Yeah. The You might be uh, have the stream up Open. as well.
1: Um, I think just, we got we got a dono from Gunner Four Days saying how deadly oh yeah, you think the Fox and Sabonis pick and roll will be? Which uh, my bad, Gunner. Um, I don't know. And also,
0: I, thank you, Gunner, so much. Thank you, Gunner. I don't. Um, think,
1: we're sorry. It's getting hectic. Are you, are <laughs> you, I don't think it's going to be that deadly. I think people like. I, I think people just love doing this thing where it's like, oh my god, like this good player and this good player, you know, pick and roll. Ah, but like if you think about it. Fox, I don't want to seem like a Fox hater, man, because I love the guy, but Fox, not the greatest outside shooter. You know, Sabonis is a tremendous outside shooter. Obviously, it's going to be effective. I don't think it's going to be like an incredibly deadly combination. Um, I think it's going to be like average to above average.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing is like Sabonis. uh, All right. So this season, he's shooting, you know, 32% from three. He's making less than one three a game, you know, so Unfortunately that's yeah the three point shooting from Sabonis doesn't quite make up for the three point shooting with Fox which you know he also is you know around that like they're not they're both not the greatest shooters and with that I mean you're right like sometimes it is two players and you know the fit doesn't work but I'm willing to you know let this play out because I'm interested with DeAaron Fox specifically now with just another player at a different position that's an all-star right mm-hmm. I mean DeAaron Fox Has been with Tyrese Halliburton, and that's great, but they're both guards. He at least does have a big man. It does, you know, it might not be the most perfect match of an inside out duo, of course, you know, but there is, of course, potential there as well. I mean, we can't forget Sabonis is an all star. Can't forget that, you know, he he puts up monster numbers. I mean, look at this. uh, Looking at 2022 right now, we've got, first of all, it says one game played for the Sacramento Kings, but, um, We have averages of 19 points, 12 rebounds, five assists a game. You know, 19, 12, and five are great numbers. Now, if De'Aaron Fox, you know, if they see him as a franchise guy, because that's really, I feel like, maybe the key to this trade is, do they see De'Aaron Fox as that franchise guy who, you know, rises up? And Sabonis is his number two, and that's, you know, good enough. Maybe they view him as that type of talent. Um, you know, like w- let's see. Uh, you know, I, I want to see what Darren Fox, I'm just of course still scared about that culture in Sacramento.
1: Same. I agree. Yeah. And uh, D Brooks is now ready for us. So let's pop him in here. By the way, we're eight subscribers away from hitting 40,600 subscribers. So if you haven't subscribed, you enjoy the podcast, man. Make sure you also throw us a follow on Apple Podcasts and Spotify because we upload over there six hours sooner than we upload onto our YouTube channel. But on our YouTube channel, we do our lives. So it's best that you are notified for both. What up, D? D?
0: is not no I'm Hello? Sorry. <laughs> uh, the- anyway so Chicago Bulls while, while we wait so Chicago Bulls I just quickly want to just say that um with the you know the whole Patrick Williams situation I'm very very happy that we did not just you know go for Grant um, and trade Patrick Williams Patrick Williams is to me you know and to the Bulls as well they see him every day they believe that you know he is going to be one of the cornerstones of the franchise now that doesn't necessarily mean that this is going to be a guy who's you know the MVP Hopefully he grows into you know a multi-time All Star. Would love it. Former top you know five pick. Haven't been able to see him this year because of a freak wrist injury that's kept him out, non-shooting hand. Luckily, but Patrick Williams, I will take the potential of Patrick Williams for sure over just this one season. You know with you know with Jeremy Grant and then like it's this season and you know a few others. But like Patrick Williams, you know you got to keep your team long term as well. You can't just keep going all in. You know like like we have Zach Levine, we have Nikola Vucevic. We have DeMar DeRozan. We have Lonzo, okay? Um, are we better than the Bucks with this? Are we better than the Nets? Are we better than the 76ers? I mean, whichever grant, it gives us a fighting chance as well, sure. But, like, it's all about the value of Patrick Williams. And the fact that a move wasn't made has made me even more confident in his value. Because I saw in the summer league, him average, you know, over 20 a game when he finally, you know, uh, got the ball and he was, like, being told, you know, you got to create, you got to score. And there was some struggles there. And like, at times you know, it was rough moments, but there were some incredible moments there as well. I believe in Patrick Williams a lot. I love Patrick Williams, you know, as you've heard, he is my favorite player on the bulls. He was injured the first like five games. Um, Mike Corzemba curse very real very real <laughs> it turns out pat pat will i hope it's just not the case um do we have someone to bring spotify or i mean spotify what am i saying do we have someone <laughs> saying? shout out spotify and apple listeners if you're still here you know thank you for putting up for with just like you know the few small things that we're saying like you know like chat um we're almost at 400 likes i mean we are at that almost at that like goal
1: um yeah so shout guys if you've been here the entire time drop a Koopas in miami in the chat and uh um yeah let's try let's try d one more time
0: try d and byron hello
1: d d mm.
0: d hello worst case worst case if we don't if guys if you uh if- you know, worst case, Steve doesn't work out. You know, we... Worst case,
1: Steve doesn't work oh, out. No. You know, okay, boom. yeah, I think they're both AFK. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, unfortunate. Okay, well, I mean, worst case, guys, you know, like we will, you know, be here next time and do the exact same thing. For example, curse. No, uh, it doesn't exist. Closing,
1: closing <laughs> thoughts, cores.
0: Closing thoughts. Um, I will say I am not even kidding when I said... And this was obviously an overreaction and a just straight lie. But I said to Tom uh, this morning, I was like, if the Bulls trade Patrick Williams, I will no longer be a fan. That is just, <laughs> that was not true, of course. But that would have hurt, man. That would have really hurt. I believe in Patrick Williams. That is my guy. I'm so happy he's still on the team. Honestly, the Bulls staying and put. You know, let's do it. Let's battle in the playoffs, baby. Everyone else is, you know, gearing up. That's fine. You know, let's let Patrick Williams develop. Let's, I, I believe in him. Let's gear up for a this year, but yeah, a year from the future, Patrick Williams could be our future. Let's get it.
1: All right. Uh, my closing thoughts are. Uh...
0: Also, I hope I'm right about Ben because if I'm wrong, um,
1: a lot of people are going to remind me about it. A lot, (laughs) guys. Tweet me suggestions. I'm accepting. uh, uh, I'm accepting applications to be a fan of a new team. We're 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 Chicago
0: Bulls are right here.
1: Oh man, (laughs) we're we're, we will never have to argue again. Oh no, no. The the entire podcast is is built upon the principle of you and i yelling at each other you're right you're right and uh, let's just check the sub goal before we dip for four subs away from 600 thank you guys so much for the yeah, Jay Peach
0: just hit the bell with the dab
1: mike you got a dab for him no it's not 2015 oh mike dude he hit the bell man i hit it you know uh we're laced up man and we're out
0: <laughs> thank you guys
1: I'm tired.